Ironist. Hello. Thank you for being here. Thank you. So I'm going to go ahead and introduce myself. Um, so I'm a student at TCU. I am taking a class about group communication as a leader. And I chose to have you on this podcast to share the challenges, achievements, and enlightening moments you've had as a leader. I know you as my brother, but would like to know more of your position as a leader and how you approach group communication. So if you could give a brief inter- introduction, we can go ahead and get into that. Well, thank you for thinking of me, first of all. Appreciate it. Uh, and well, I'll introduce myself, Ernesto Gaitan. I'm the general manager for Super Transport International. Uh, we are a international company with several entities. Uh, our biggest uh, thing is that we have uh, international Mexico, U.S., uh, so it kind of gives us a, a little bit of a competitive advantage versus our some of our competitors. Uh, I've been in leaders, leadership positions since 2007. Um, I've I actually have worked for other companies. I worked for Schneider National, one of the largest privately owned trucking companies. After I left uh, after high school, uh, I studied at the University of Wisconsin uh, and lived in Wisconsin for about four years. And then moved back down here. Uh, our father gave gave me the opportunity to um, to start in the customer service area, and from there, you know, I went on to to take other positions and leadership roles as my experience grew. I also am um, the past president of the Laredo Motor Care Association, and also the chairman elect for the Texas Trucking Association. So, um, you know, plenty of instances of leadership uh, within you know my years of experience in trucking. Right. So. That's exactly why I wanted to interview you. I feel like you've had many experiences to learn from. And I sent you this model that I learned about in class that Patrick Lencioni created about the five dysfunctions of a team. And it's basically a pyramid that starts off with the absence of trust and explains how um, an absence of trust in a team can lead to fear of conflict and then from fear of conflict that can lead to a lack of commitment and a lack of commitment can lead to avoidance of accountability and that can lead to inattention to results and that just completely has the organizational goal fail so I wanted to see now that you've seen this model and we've gone over it I wanted to see what experience you've had with a lack of trust within your team and how you were able to combat that to prevent this like spiral from occurring right. you know, from things getting worse and then there being an inattention to results. Of course. So, uh, you know, first of all, this is a model that you can really apply every day because there are issues in, uh, in the transportation world uh, every day. Uh, so this is something that I can easily relate to just, just by thinking of, you know, anything that happens on a daily basis. So the absence of trust is, is an issue that, that we have to work on on a, on a daily basis, having a cohesive uh, team. So trust is, is, is definitely like the number one thing. So I'll give you an example of, uh, of an absence of trust uh, recently. We had a couple of drivers approach us from one of our divisions that move uh, local and regional freight. And uh, these drivers mostly do uh, small runs from in our hometown, Laredo, Texas, to maybe a radius of 250 miles. 
and so the four of these drivers approached uh, upper management asking if there was a low shipments if we didn't have enough work for them because they weren't going out as frequently as they had been and so right there i can see that there's a lack of trust just you know they're they're not trusting their supervisor so they're having to resort to going to someone else to to find out what, if what's going on or if, if if there is something going on why they're not being communicated so there's a lack of trust there in that situation a lack of communication lack of commitment from their manager to elevate the situation and and uh you know that artificial harmony that that he had there of uh, not saying oh hey i'm st- i'm missing more work i need help from th- their counterpart which is uh the customer service side the logistics side the sales side to say hey i'm missing loads here why am i not getting enough freight for my drivers so there's there's that artificial harmony and lack of commitment from their direct supervisor to move up and to confront the situation instead of what he what he was doing which was just letting things go and and then at the end of the day it affects us on the results so you know as far as how we resolve that um you know talk to our 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 supervisor asked him you know what what he what he was doing to make sure that the drivers were meeting the results and so you know that conversation that communication is what resolved the conflict having um making sure that the drivers are getting what they need uh so that they can continue and be happy and have less turnover in the company so that that that's just an example of how you know an absence of trust can lead to a dysfunctional team where you have a group of drivers that are not happy and displeased uh and their leader their super their direct supervisor is not but that's just one one example as far as my team a logistics team a situation that i can tell you there are times where there are issues within within the team as far as you know people don't like to to talk about an issue uh that is very clear uh because because they don't want to hurt the person's feelings and so a lot of it becomes emotional and so oh, are, you, are you saying like um a social issue like within the team maybe not within yeah, the work so, but within the way they work together yeah i'll give you the example is just it's it's going to sound very technical um i'll give you an example our transportation transportation management software what we use to dispatch the drivers to pay them to create orders is a system uh that we've had since 2011 I, that I implemented. Well, this system requires a lot of information and detail. And so, you know, what we run into is um, you know, people sometimes whenever there's an issue in the system, it affects everything around the system. So, it affects driver pay, it affects it could affect um, you know, our fuel reports which are state mandated it affects a bunch of different things so if someone on the team is not putting the information correct they're kind of rushing through it or they have they think they have too much work or they're not doing it correctly uh it is the responsibility of their counterpart one side is customer service that creates the loads and their counterpart dispatches the dispatches the loads and there's issues on both sides and so you know if somebody creates an order but doesn't put the right information the right date and then the other person on the dispatch side doesn't advise their supervisor that 
there is an issue with how this person's creating the orders, then the problem continues. And so then you have that dysfunction and ultimately the customer gets affected and then ultimately we may lose an account. So that becomes a big issue from something very little that could have been avoided from the beginning. Those are the issues that we have to look at on, on, you know, we've fixed a lot of that obviously through uh, a lot of communication and meetings uh, and, and talking to our, our leaders uh, as far as what is expected of each one, uh, each person, their expectation, what we expect for them to do. And when there are issues to bring them up. So that accountability, that commitment, that that's extremely important. Uh, for the end results. Uh, well, and you're saying that that's because um, there was an absence of trust or there was an absence, there was like a fear of maybe they just didn't so I, feel like they could go to somebody? Yeah, I mean, both. Uh, t- the absence of trust uh, comes in for, from the person as uh, far as, um, you know, them thinking that we, upper management might not be able to resolve the situation. And so then then that leads to the fear of conflict. Uh, they don't want to hurt the other person's feelings. So then they just continue oh. with that situation. Some of these things can cause people to lose their jobs. So sometimes fear of conflict comes in. Nobody wants to really affect somebody to that level, but have to uh, make the decisions that are going to be best for for the company and in order to grow you have to make those difficult decisions um but before i'm sure before doing that well like you said you you have meetings and you give these you give people chances and you communicate i know that you um read a lot about communication and that you really prioritize getting the message across first and if the person doesn't commit to changing their ways then then you go from there but something right. that I find really interesting is hearing about the way that you manage conflict and then hearing about the way dad manages conflict. Could you explain maybe a little bit about the difference between that? And I know that there's a, some differences there. Do you think that that has to do with culture because he went to school in Mexico, you went to school in the U.S.? Or do you think that's more of an age factor? So <laughs> that's that's a great question. There's two things right there. Uh, we have, uh, you know... He's the president of the group. He's my direct boss, and he he's also the direct boss of all the other companies. So he's, he oversees all the companies. And so I make to the day-to-day um, operational decisions, but when it comes to certain things, he wants to be involved, certain customers, certain things. And so we have a very different style and they're very different way of thinking. I've learned a lot from him. That's not to say that that he does things different wrong um no we just do things a little bit different there's a a big difference between culture in the u.s we're a little more can i put it just that we're a little bit more cold as far as emotions go the mexico culture is more emotional related so for our father it is very hard to let go of someone and and for Mm -hmm. me you know it's not something that i struggle with and not that i want to let go of anybody i the first thing i think to build trust with the leadership is to 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 gain their trust is to make sure you train them well you explain what responsibilities are that you make sure that they understand what you gave them because just because you explain doesn't mean they understand uh and so and so if you build that trust and if you build that with them uh and they and then you know they still can't be held accountable and and don't have that commitment 
and you're not going to get the results with the person. And for me, I don't have trouble saying goodbye to those people because in my mind, I think, well, this is not what they want to do. This isn't their, maybe they aspire to do something else. It's probably an opportunity for them to do something better or something different. Uh, maybe this trucking is just not for them. So I, I never see it as a negative thing to let go. I'm always very open, very honest with them. What, why they're being let go after, you know, obviously it has to take certain things for something like that to happen. On the other side, dad, uh, he, he, he tends to give chances uh which i mean it has worked out and i'm not gonna say it doesn't sometimes people do get get it and you know that doesn't help uh, to grow the company uh, you know or to get to the results that we need and so we have different ways of thinking different styles on um, not to say that it doesn't work it just it's a different culture it, oh. it definitely is uh, and then the other thing is i'm second generation so uh you know, and, and the age difference, you know, dad's always been good with technology. He's always been all for technology. And so that's, that's really good. He trusts me a lot with that stuff. And, and, you know, obviously things are changing. There's a lot more technology involved. Uh, and, and, and that's in that part of the, of our company, I think that we do well and communicate well together as far as, as far as that goes. Uh, but there are things that he thinks of in, the way that they used to work uh, when things are changing very rapidly. For um, example, could I um, yeah, ask, go ahead. Like, like, could you give like concrete examples of how mm-hmm. you guys, your different styles, like before you let someone go, like way before when you're first building a team, when you guys are trying to build trust, how do you, how do you make people feel safe to be vulnerable? How do you make people feel safe to confront conflict in a positive and constructive way how do you i'm going through the model how do you have them commit and how do you get them to be accountable in turn giving attention to results and getting everybody to be on the same page in terms of so having the same uh, organizational uh, goal so i'll go through them one by one uh how we you know how we do it at, 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 at sti um so to build trust uh, as far as conflict goes, you know, we've always had an open door policy. Uh, we have an escalation list, which is a list of your supervisor and then the person that's next, then the person that's next. And it goes all to me and then it goes all the way up to dad. So everybody has the ability to talk to uh, the general manager or beyond that, the president of the group. It should never get to that. Uh, and, and it usually doesn't, but sometimes it does. So that builds trust with the people that they can go about some type of conflict without having some sort of, uh, negative effect on their, on their, on themselves. As far as the commitment goes, once you build that trust and you're able to make sure that they, uh, that they don't have a fear of, uh, having that conflict and they can go to, uh, upper management, uh, you know, that's where we measure, uh, that's when we can see the commitment. And that's something that you can just tell. But what what really helps us is having uh, key performance indicators, which is uh, all results-based. Yeah. So we measure, we measure all our employees based on certain key performance indicators, uh, how many loads they're, um, you know, they're doing per day, 
uh, how, how many miles the drivers are driving. It, depending on the department that I'm talking about, they have different uh, key performance indicators. I mean, just there's just so many different things that go into trucking that I would love to go into detail, but mm-hmm. it, it will take forever. But, so you recognize there. I want to know more about the feelings. Like, how do you get them to feel like they can trust? Like, okay. I know that they yeah. have the opportunity, but how do they feel like it's okay to do it? And how do they how do they get excited to like? Because obviously you want STI to do good, but maybe they like are just planning to work there for a little bit. How do you get them to be excited and like be on the same page? You know. Right. So. Uh... You know, one of the one of the biggest things that I think is having that direct communication uh, with the employees and with the supervisors, and not being in the office uh, and talking to them, uh, giving them that uh, that you're there for them, uh, making them feel like there is opportunity for growth. That's a big one. Uh, that they have uh, that their job is safe. That we're a solid company that we're that we're doing things right, uh, and I think those are the things that also uh, help build trust from the beginning. You know, uh, when we introduce somebody into the company, they're brought to the supervisors. Uh, I get to meet all the people. Uh, you know, uh, all the any anyone coming for logistics or dispatch or whatever it is. Um, you know, they take the time to come present them to to me uh sometimes to dad if and so you know i think that that helps build that trust with them obviously the the compensation uh based on performance uh you know if they do well there's uh performance indicators that uh that will allow us just to to give somebody a bonus or make sure that they're being taken care of. When, when you have good employees, you want to make sure you take care of them, that they're happy uh, and that you can give them good compensation. But Yes, that they're happy. I think that's a very good point because a lot of companies miss that. And as a director, I know you have a lot to deal with already and you have things to focus on, but it is important to prioritize your employees' um, happiness and their work environment so it sounds like or just one of the last key points that I want to hit is how you create a or how you foster a productive and happy or positive work environment how do you make sure their day-to-day office life is not necessarily fun but how do you make sure that it's it's enjoyable like is their office do they is it like in I, I you can explain this, but like, you know how it's an open office space and like everybody can talk to each other. It's very like um, everybody's pretty close and it seems like. Yeah. And, and uh, so I was going to say, I think communication and feedback, uh, talking to the employees, uh, having having the facilities for them to to uh, to have a good work environment, having, you know, we want results, but we also don't want to be like soldiers, make sure that they're walks in a line and <laughs> right. no, we don't, we, we want them to be comfortable. Uh, we don't want to micromanage them, uh, but we do, you know, there's, there's a saying, uh, you know, it's, it's trust, but verify. So that's something that, you know, we do, we do, do, we trust, but we have to verify because results are results uh, and you have to uh, make sure that we're, we're having 
good results. So um, as far as keeping the team happy, uh, taking care of people, making them feel safe, uh, that all has to do with communication, the feedback that you provide back, and making sure that uh, they have a great space for them to work, a great environment. You know, dad often uh, comes to the lunchroom and eats with all the employees. And so those little things, having that ability to eat with the owner of the company, I think it creates a really great work environment and it helps with uh, having a, a really good team that uh, feels safe and, and that they're not ignored and that you can talk to the upper management, the leadership of the company. It, yeah, it kind of downplays the hierarchy of it all and it gives people a chance to remember So that's that. one thing that dad does not like. He does not like titles or hierarchies. And so I, I not that I disagree, but you have to have some sort of structure, uh, structure where, uh, you know, you're, somebody's responsible. Otherwise, it gets kind of lost in translation. So there has to be accountability. There has to be a position for that. And so... Uh, because people, when you don't have a clear position and responsibility, then it makes it harder to uh, be a cohesive team. So, so it's important to have a structure. As, as much as you know, uh, Dad doesn't like hierarchies. He does accept it and understand that that has to ha- has to ha- it has to be that way. Uh, right. But the reason he doesn't like hierarchy because he likes the great work environment that it creates when he's able to talk to everybody, when he's able to go down he knows who the dispatcher, he know, he goes to the shop every day. He knows who everybody is. And so that creates a very yeah. trusting environment. It makes people feel more equal and it kind of makes people feel like they're not that they're co-owners, but kind of like they're in the same boat. They have the same, Goals that is just as involved as they are. That is an analogy that I use a lot. Uh, you know, talk being on the same boat. You know, everybody rowing towards the same direction. If somebody's dragging, then uh, we're not going to get there uh, on time, or we're not. We're gonna. We're not going to go. We're going to be going in circles if only one side of the team is pulling their weight. So, I like uh, that. yeah. So it, it, it's it's. It's very important to have harmony within the whole team, uh, but not a fake harmony, harmony based on decisions have to be made. And sometimes they're not easy. But at the end of the day, what we're looking for is positive results for the company. We want to continue doing business. Right. It sounds like you both, you and dad both care about the company and you, you have your differences in approaching communication, but I think they balance each other out and. He's taught you a lot, but I, I think you've also brought in a new way of approaching communication. There's certainly a lot of, you know, transportation is very complex. Um, you know, there's a lot of moving parts, a lot of people involved. Very yeah, it's very different for every company because, like I was telling you that I read about the director at Pixar. It's a very different structure. Like, everybody's goal is to make a movie. So, like, it's it's just super... <laughs> Different, but at the yeah. same time, like the core values are the same, so that's what's super interesting to right. hear. And, you know, having that clear, our goals and our core values is very important to having a good team because if they don't understand what our goals and our values are, then it's just it, it makes it harder for them to achieve the goals that the company wants and to commit, right? Like, it makes it harder exactly. for them to buy in, right? I also like that human resources 
does those well, events? That's key. Human resources is kind of where I spent a lot of my time. So I think the key, the, uh, a good success advice for anybody would be to make to make sure you invest the time in, in the human resource department or that or just what it sounds like it's a human resource spend time doing the work with your human resources <laughs> but what are they in charge of like do they why do they do those events so human resources in charge of uh you know hiring they're in charge of retention they're in charge of training they're in charge of um uh, you know complaints conflicts um uh, there is a lot of moving parts to human resources. Um, they're in charge of firing people, giving warnings. Uh, there's there's a lot of parts to human resources. But, uh, but I think most it? importantly, their job is to create that uh, sense of, you know, that the company is there for the employees, that when you get hired, there's a department that you can go to with anything and that, you know, that something will be done. Okay, but they do those events to, like, you yeah. Know what I mean? The like events, the, yoga the events are part of human resources. Uh, you know, to keep the employees happy. Um, like tomorrow, we have uh, El Dia del Niño, so we have uh, mm-hmm. all our employees bring their kids to work uh, afterwards uh, after after school, and we're gonna have a barbecue, and that's just to keep people motivated, keep people happy. We do a lot of events for drivers, driver appreciation week. We do every day. We do something different for the drivers, raffles, all kinds of stuff. Uh, and we do a lot of thing, a lot of different things for the, uh, you know, soccer tournaments between U.S. and Mexico. And those are always fun, competitive, but also at the same time, it brings unity with the group. Um, so a lot of times outside of work, having some unity helps helps that you know and, and it's fun for us you know we, we get to know our employees and and their families and it's a good it's a good win for us yeah it becomes more personal so i think that at this model trust is a catalyst for growth and success your position at super transport international specifically in the business administration sector and as a director has given you the opportunity to see what works and what doesn't work in building a cohesive team. And so thank you for sharing your examples and your experience and the lessons. Thank you. you 